0: Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 32, Don Kirky puts others first. Shout out to listeners in the United States, specifically from Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Maryland, Massachusetts. Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Washington, and Wisconsin. With that, let's get started. Don Kirke is my management expert who just happens to know more about change management and organization development than most people that I know. Don has more than 30 years of international leadership experience And he spends a lot of his time now consulting with organizations, nonprofits, and for profits. And he spends a good bit of his time instructing at various universities, including the University of North Carolina in Charlotte. This is the third episode that talks about leadership principles. The first one was episode five, in which I talked about believing in others. And then last week, episode 29. Don talked about connecting with others in this episode we focus on putting others first and what that principle means each part talks about a specific leadership belief that aligns with the particular principle in this case of course it's putting others first part one giving credit for accomplishments to others is more important than taking credit In the book, Influencer, Greeny et al. wrote the following. When polled, employees reveal that the number one complaint is that they aren't recognized for the notable performance, their notable performance, that is. Apparently, people hand out praise as if it was rationed, usually only for outstanding work. Make a small improvement, and it's highly unlikely that anyone will say or do anything. If you're practicing leadership in the contemporary sense, as I explained in episode two, what the difference is between leadership and management, you're going to be helping others succeed. And part of that is acknowledging them and recognizing their accomplishments. I asked Don about this and about this belief. Here's what he said.
1: Lowe's Home Improvement, when they were defining the concept of servant leadership within their organization, one of the elements of that definition that struck me at the time was that they talked about valuing others' success as much as your own. And I think that's an important concept because if you are only there for yourself, your employees will know it. They will not give you their full attention. They will not give you their full effort if it is all about you. They need to recognize or they need to hear from you that you care about their success. There's a second part that is important for me on both a personal and and a professional level, and that is that you cannot step up You cannot get promoted or you should not be promoted until you build up the others around you so that they can uh, replace you. There is a real danger if you leave all of your people dependent on you. The moment you move up, the organization that you leave behind often collapses. And if you're looking for a sign of a poor leader, that can be one of them. I like what
0: you're saying, and it's having me think about sort of like a precursor to this. Before giving credit for accomplishments to others, you have to enable them to accomplish as well before you can give them credit for doing stuff. Yes, you do. That's an important part and able to enable them so that they're just not following orders, but they're contributing. They're making sincere effort and well thought out activities that support what you're trying to accomplish. People should get a lot of credit for acknowledgement when they do that.
1: Well, and if they don't deserve credit, there's usually one of two things. One of them is that you've got the wrong person in the wrong role or you are micromanaging. There is a real danger in micromanagement because then you become the best that the organization is ever going to be. You become the bottleneck in many ways. There is, you know, coupled with giving credit is, is the willingness to delegate, the willingness to give away uh, responsibility. It circles back to a previous episode that you've had, Gary, where we talked about willingness to allow people to make mistakes in order to grow there is a certain kind of leader who is so afraid that their people will make mistakes that they never let them do anything of substance. There is a real danger in that that kind of dependency.
0: If you have a team that's working with you and you're about to take on, as a team, a task, you may think as the manager, that each elements of this task, I can do better than anyone on my team. So suppose the manager has that idea. Then the temptation is to do the work yourself. But of course, that is not management. And that is not a way of building and growing your team If you want them to be able to do better, if you want to say they can do things, all these tasks better than I can, you have to give them the opportunity and coach them along the way. Otherwise, you're going to be in that managerial trap of just wanting to do the work yourself.
1: I used to work for a vice president who used to tell me that the only time she stepped in is when, now this was her working rule of thumb, but she said if she could do it in one fifth or less of the time that her employees could do it, then she would step in. If it was any less than that ratio, then she would allow them to grow and learn in this opportunity. So if it was gonna take her an hour and it would take them a day, then yes, she might do it. If it was going to take her an hour and it might take them two hours to do the same work of the same quality, she would delegate and let them learn and grow because over time they would get better.
0: As they get better, then giving them the credit for what they've accomplished, just reinforces that activity and encourages them to continue to grow and develop.
1: Absolutely.
0: Part two, when outcomes are disappointing, accepting responsibility, but never blaming others or bad luck is critical for personal accountability. When things go wrong, there's a tendency to blame bad luck. Oh, it's just something that happened. Or (laughs) the opposite, which isn't true, is that when things go right, they don't just say, oh, that was just luck. No, there's something about personal accountability that has to do with how you view things that, when things happen. Here's Don talking about this particular concept.
1: It's become a cliche. Harry Truman famously had a sign on his desk when he was president that said, the buck stops here. What he was really saying was the ultimate responsibility was his. And I think that was appropriate and he was right. Now, there are times when people say the buck stops here and, and what they're really saying is I'm in charge. That's not what this means and that's not what Harry Truman meant. He said ultimately he had responsibility. And so when my team and I are tackling a project At the end of the day, the success or failure of that project rides on me. If that seems unfair, then you may not be ready for leadership because the reality of leadership is you will be held responsible. But at the end of the day, it is you. When my team and I have failed, that is, I have to look at my own leadership in the eye and say, I screwed up and explain how and why and what i'm going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again or what i'm going to do to fix the mess that i am responsible for
0: opposed to saying oh it was just some bad fortune it was uh, it was just the circumstances that's not accepting accountability. How many people get recognized for accomplishing something and they say, oh, oh, no, that wasn't me. Gosh, I was just so lucky. It was just good luck that that happened,
1: (laughs) you know? This issue of bad luck is one that uh, is interesting to me because in many cases, bad luck says you've done a poor job of risk mitigation. You have not thought through what could happen or you have taken unwarranted gambles, and it has not gone your way. Bad luck does happen. But the real question is, did you prepare for it? And are you able to recover from it? That is the mark of a good leader. It's not enough just to say, uh, I had bad luck. The market went down and I wasn't expecting that. One of my key suppliers had a delay. We lost a shipment. All of these things are really are bad luck. The question is whether, if it was critical, whether you have mitigation strategies, recovery strategies, what it is that you're going to do once you hit bad luck.
0: It's accepting your accountability, your responsibility for how you respond to quote unquote, bad luck, as you're saying, and just summarizing is adaptive performance to circumstances that deviate from the plan, from the tactical direction you're going. Just saying, oh, bad luck. Gee, we're done for. It's not enough. And it's not being accountable for what happens afterwards.
1: One of the accountability lessons that I got as a young manager, at one point, I had a brilliant project, at least in my mind. It was a brilliant project that made absolute sense, took a small investment, was going to reap a huge reward. And I pitched this to one of the executives in the company I was uh, with. And he blew it out of the water. He completely dismissed it. And I went back and talked to my manager and I complained to her and said, you know, I can't believe this idiot, Tom, just couldn't even consider this amazing project. And she looked at me and said, Don, what you're telling me is that you did such a poor job of persuading someone of something that is blindingly obvious and likely to be wildly successful that you could not even convince him of that. You need to go back and think about your persuasion skills. It was a lesson in accountability. At the end of the day, the problem was not Tom. The problem was Don. Don had not done his homework, had not figured out how to make this project appealing enough to Tom for him to make a small investment.
0: On the episode with Dave Best, One of the hardest things he had to do was fire someone for the first time in 15 years or so. His perspective was he failed that employee by not championing that employee and making it so that that employee could have been successful. I mean, he took some serious accountability for having that loss.
1: The first time I had to fail someone, I recognized that the real challenge had been my poor hire. And I was cleaning up my own mess. And that felt awful because someone's life was in the balance. Now, the good news was within two weeks, he was making more money at a competitor. But, Or the good news for him, at least. Um, (laughs) The responsibility ultimately was mine. He was a bad fit for the particular position that I had hired him for. And no amount of coaching and support was going to fix that.
0: Part three. Sacrificing or volunteering time, energy, resources, ego, and previous priorities to help others inspires loyalty and commitment. One aspect of putting others first involves making personal sacrifice. This belief distinguishes 21st century leadership from, you know, the traditional leadership. With 21st century leadership, practitioners of leadership, that is, sacrifice for the benefit of others. With traditional leadership, the thinking is that leaders sacrifice followers for their own benefit. I asked Don about this concept, this belief, and here's what he had to say.
1: Particularly if you are in a larger organization, One of the ways that you can show real leadership is by building up others under you so that there is a leadership cadre within the organization over time who owe their first promotion or their second promotion to you. There is real power in that. There's real power in pouring your life into mentoring and supporting others. And I think that is part of of a healthy corporate culture that often gets overlooked or is often hidden I hear organizations that are trying to set up formal mentoring programs. But a real sign of organizational health is when those kinds of mentoring programs occur spontaneously, organically, because of the nature of the culture, that people are willing to give a bit of their time, a bit of their energy, a bit of their reputation in order to support and grow other people.
0: I was also thinking from the perspective of doing the work, if you're in management and everyone's working on a particular project and things get really tough or start to fall behind, being able to sacrifice your own time working even side by side on some nights and weekends to make things happen is another way of inspiring loyalty and commitment.
1: Yes, I, I recall I started in a company and uh, I, I stepped into this company as a director And I was in the middle of moving to this new town. So I was alone at nights in this town. And so I tended to work late. I remember late one night, I stumbled on a meeting room where there were a bunch of people compiling binders and preparing for a conference that they were about to put on. And so I jumped in and spent a couple of hours building binders with them. I had the time. I wasn't doing anything else. Why would I not help? And it engendered a, a reputation for me and a level of support from a whole range of people that was quite unexpected. So I'm not suggesting that you spend all of your time doing stuff that people who work for you ought to be doing. But I think you do recognize that there are times when people help and uh, need help, and you step in.
0: That's a great example of sacrificing previous priorities. You know, you may were going home, you are going to do something that, say, work on a hobby or something like that. You give that up because you see that there's an opportunity to help these people and actually, speed up the process for them and it's a it's a great way of volunteering your time, your energy and even giving up some whatever priorities that you may have already had, some personal ones.
1: There is a balance here as in all of the things that we've been talking about Gary, sacrificing your time, your energy, your resources, your ego, your previous priorities or volunteering some of them does not mean that you should completely abandon self-care. So the balance here is that you need to take care of yourself. If your life consists entirely of pouring uh, yourself out for others, never replenishing your own self, you will run dry at some point. But you'd be surprised at how much you can do for others and how energizing that is. Just how much real pleasure comes from helping others, raising up others within an organization.
0: You don't want to sacrifice to the point where it's really hurting you emotionally, physically. But you're right, If there is a balance with that. And to your point, when we do that, it is an invigorating experience.
1: One of my great prides in my career has been in the corporate world, people who worked for me that I hired and nurtured and mentored, have gone on to do great things. I'm very proud of that. Now that I work in the academic world, I take pride in my students who graduate from the program and go on to really impressive careers. And this is part of me pouring myself into them in order for them to be successful. There's a real satisfaction in that.
0: Part four, Management Revisited. In episode two, I describe Mary Parker Follett's definition of management, which is getting things done, or let me take that back, the art of getting things done through other people. When you practice leadership from a management's perspective, it's all about how you go about getting things done through other people. Don shares some advice by connecting this with the principle, connecting with others. Again, here's Don.
1: When I think about connecting with others, when you are in a leadership role, your job is not just to get the work done. Your job is to connect with others because your real job is to get work done through others. And you're only going to be able to do that in a sustainable way if you build strong relationships with these people. So it it is your job to connect with others. It is your job to build relationships, rich, strong relationships, so that you understand people's strengths and weaknesses, so that you understand their aspirations, so that you can build their careers and in doing so, you build your own as well.
0: My thanks to Don Kirky, If you'd like to know more about Don, go to the show notes. And if you'd like to leave a comment or question, go to unlabelleadership.com. Click the message icon, and you can leave a voicemail message up to one minute. Thank you to those who support the show. This support helps with the production and future enhancements that we're hoping to add to the show. But more importantly, thank you for listening. Until next time... Lead on.